You know, sometimes people ask me, hey, Matt, I want to work for a startup. Which type of startup should I work for? And they're asking to know, like, which startups do I think are going to be the biggest, right? The ones that end up like Google and Facebook. When I actually don't think this is how potential startup employees should be looking at where they work. Yes, they want to join a company that's up to the right, that's growing really quickly. But one thing I think that is kind of overlooked many times is the culture fit. And how are you able to determine if there might be a culture fit or team fit before you even join the team? Well, I found something that actually enables you to do this, and it's called JobServe. JobServe gives you the edge that you need to understand your personal work style and how that affects the job you do and those you work with. Ultimately, you fill out their assessment, then you're able to see, oh, this is my work style and I gel with these types of people or this type of team, and this is the type of team that I may not gel with. For example, I took the assessment, and there's a few things that I learned. One. My temperament is I'm a driver. My primary tendency is to take control of situations. I prefer more of an independent approach with an emphasis on persistence, pragmatism, and a strong will. What's my leadership tendency? It's relationship-based. I prefer to focus more on relationships in order to support and motivate others, whether the individuals report to me or not. These are things that I've learned where if I ever in the future wanted to work for a startup, I would keep these in mind. Would I want to work for a startup that doesn't like drivers, doesn't want independent-minded thinkers? Well, if that's the case i wouldn't work there right and i now know that because i've taken this quiz so for you if you are thinking of breaking into startups you want to understand what startup would be a good fit for you i highly encourage you to go to jobserve.com that's j-o-b-s-u-r-v.com take the assessment and learn more about yourself so you understand what team would be the best fit for you and how about this after you take the assessment email me matt at mattsherman.com let me know what your results are and i bring a couple of you onto the podcast to chat with me about your results and what that means and what types of startups might be a good fit so if you are interested in understanding yourself better and more importantly understanding what type of startup is the best fit for you on a cultural level on a team fit level, go to jobsurv.com, take the assessment, and email me at matt at mattsherman.com, and maybe I'll pick a couple of you to come on the podcast and chat about your results. And note, if you're an employer, this is for you too. You can use JobServe ultimately to make sure the people that you hire are aligned with you culturally and a team fit. That is jobsurv.com. Check it out. Email me once you fill out the assessment, and maybe I'll have you on the podcast. Now let's get into today's episode. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical skill yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. 
Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Anshu Argual, who is the co-founder of Numbella. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Thank you, Matt. It's been going great. The weather in the Bay Area is a little weird. Never experienced that before, but everything is great. Yeah, I hopefully it's a one a one hit wonder in regards for the weather. And tomorrow it's you know sunny sunny and shiny again. But you know, but at least today you get to get something different. But today we're here talking about what you're working on with Nimbella. For people that haven't heard about um, Nimbella, you don't know what you're working on. Can you please share um, what is Nimbella? Sure, sure. So first I'll uh, tell you what Nimbella means. Um, that would give you some background of why we call, why, why we named it as Nimbella and what we are doing. So Nimbella is a combination of two words, Nimbus plus Bella, which actually stands for a beautiful cloud. And it's also a type of butterfly, which is our icon. Um, and uh, we, what we are doing is we are building a beautiful cloud for developers of all skill sets. So we are a serverless cloud provider, and we pro provide the easiest and the fastest way to build and run serverless cloud applications. So to start, um, let's let's start with who you kind of want to who usually uses this. Are you targeting startups? Targeting you know large companies? Does it does it even matter? So I guess just um, who are you targeting, and then I would love to learn a little bit more about um, kind of how you find them. Sure. So um, we are targeting developers and developers, whether they are in, in the developers or they are, uh, they belong to small teams or they belong to large teams. They are, if they are developing modern cloud applications, they can be using serverless computing frameworks. So anybody who is interested in developing modern cloud ap application is a good, um, good candidate for using our technology. Uh, because serverless is a computing paradigm where the responsibility of dynamically managing application resources shifts to the platform provider. So the developer has to only code application logic and is freed from all infrastructure burdens, which simplifies a developer's life significantly. Can you, um, yeah, that makes sense. I might ask a couple of questions later about um, ultimately how that how it works um but to start before that i kind of want to go into like why did you decide to work on this company we'd love to hear a little bit more about the origin of stories now that we know the the origins of the name how about the origins of the whole company sure it's a great question um so we got started in 2018 because we saw uh, that uh, serverless is inevitable just like cloud was as I mentioned, it is a cloud computing paradigm, which makes the developer's life really simple. So they only code uh, logic and focus 100% of their time on value creation and are uh, not burdened by infrastructure. But we also saw that there were technical and operational gaps in the technology. And the technical gaps that we focus on uh, are more to do with the fact that serverless today is serverless compute only, which means that any application that uses storage and function-to-function -function networking, um, that uh, becomes a developer responsibility. Uh, so uh, what we decided was to build a platform that provides support for the other elements that are needed to develop a serverless application, such as serverless storage and function-to-function -function networking. The other challenge that we saw was that 
uh, a developer who is developing using any popular cloud uh, has to assemble all the Lego pieces without knowing what pieces best fit. So if you go to any portal of these large cloud providers, you have 15 services in compute, uh, 20, 25 services in storage. You just have a plethora of services and it's like a la carte menu and you pick what you want. But you have to be an expert cloud developer to use these services and to figure out what is best for you. Um, so uh, that, that, that is a challenge for any uh, developer that doesn't have a lot of cloud expertise or is, uh, trying, uh, or is trying to build cloud native applications for the first time. So we saw that as a challenge. The last one that we saw was, um, you know, the frameworks and the platforms that are provided by all the major cloud providers are proprietary. So if you ever wanted to go in-house or if you wanted to move to another cloud, it is extremely, extremely difficult. So if you look at it um, at a higher level, it seems like the promise of serverless cloud was to code only logic and leave the rest to your platform provider, but we weren't really delivering to the promise. Does it make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. And it kind of leads me to, leads me to wonder with a company like this, what are you spending um, you know, most of your, your day-to-day time on? Are you shipping code most of the day? Are you finding customers, fundraising? I'm curious like what makes up an average day for you? So for me, uh, my average day is uh, very different from my other technical founders because they are, they are just working more mainly on the product. But for me, um, you know, uh, the thing is, uh, a lot of time of mine goes on go-to-market activities. Um, we are a product-led developer-first company. So we are uh, doing developer campaigns. We are doing um, lots of webinars and we are doing lots of uh, virtual, in these days, virtual conferences uh, to basically spread the word. And also we spend a lot of time on content because today's developer actually doesn't, uh, does, doesn't go to classes to see you know, what, are, what, what are my best technologies that we can use. They actually go search and they want to develop, say, um, a voting app, and they want to look, they go and search, you know, what is the best technology to develop such an app, and what do I need, what pieces do I need? So it's all driven by developers' own search. Developers don't like to be told to use this technology. Developer needs to find out what technologies are best and what their peers are talking about. So we, I spend a lot of time working on go-to-market activities like that. Part of my time goes in managing financial and the operational uh, aspect of the company, but I'm very happy to state that on a daily basis, I don't spend a lot of time on personnel at all. So we are a small company. We are about 17, eight, 17 people, 17 full-time and a couple of part-time people. Uh, and uh, everybody is as dedicated uh, to a startup as anybody can be. Um, everybody has a very startup attitude. So no, no dealing with any kind of bureaucracy or anything. So not even one minute of my time goes into that. Uh, everybody is very, uh, knows and feels responsible for what they have to do and they don't need to be reminded. Um, part of my time does go around product because we have a pretty solid roadmap that we are executing on. So it's important for me to be in touch with where we are on the product roadmap and what are we taking next? What features are we adding? And we have our teams distributed in various geographies. We are headquartered in Santa Clara, California, 
but I have team on the East Coast. I have a team, uh, I, ha I have uh, a team in Europe and I have a um, team in uh, Noida and Bangalore in India. So it's a kind of makes my day really long because when you, you, when you are working in so many geographies, you are actually um, working in a global time zone. Those are the challenges that one has to deal with, but it's, it's, it's very fulfilling. I'm intrigued. So obviously, as you just mentioned, your time is split among multiple different activities. How have you learned as the company has grown to like manage your time and like, you know, spend some days doing this more versus, you know, other days spending more time on product or recruiting or hiring or fundraising? How do you manage your time at, you know, as a as an executive, you know, leader of this company? So, um, you know, before, uh, I didn't talk about my background. Uh, before I started uh, Nimbella, I worked at four startups. And the four startups, and I was, uh, I was an executive in four startups, so I had a functional responsibility. But it, in a startup, you wear many hats, okay? So I always had product and marketing. So I've done uh, the inbound and the outbound always. Okay, so that is that's not new to me. I've always been involved like that, uh, so that that falls very well with my current uh, current role, my CEO role. The things that get added, which I did not expect, or it is, which I didn't know I expected, but which I didn't know as well, is the um, the financial and the operational things. So, you know, uh, the taxes have to be done for the company. Um, the legal work has to be done. There, there is just so many other functions that have to be handled as a, as a CEO um, that, uh, you know, you have to deal with. But those, thankfully, those, those are not a daily activity. So for example, when I was fundraising, you know, I, I can say 90% of my time was uh, spent in fundraising. So very little time is spent on the business. 90% of the time goes with that. That's why, I mean, you have to make a conscious decision whether you're going to go fundraising right now or you're going to go later because it does impact business as from, uh, from, from uh, the amount of time you can dedicate to it. But that is how I decide. What is, what, what is most important now? Right now, for me, the most important thing is go to market because I have the product ready. I have everything. I need to make sure my product is adopted. So that is that takes almost 60-70% of my work. But then there are things like that, you know, where I have to be involved in, uh, in working with the product teams to figure out, you know, what is the next thing we need to do? How's the competition looking? So I'm in, very involved in that. But majority of my time goes in there. And when we go into a fundraising mode, I, 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 I know my majority of my time will go in fundraising. What have you learned? You can you can pick any bucket that you want, whether it's fundraising, product, go to market, or any of the legal things. But what is one thing that you've learned um, since you started this company that you maybe didn't know before uh, before you started Nimbella? So yeah, I mean, um, the biggest thing I've learned, I would say, is which is kind of different, um, and it is probably the the era that we are in. Um, I've always been in B2B enterprise companies where, you know, you follow a traditional go-to-market uh, process where you have like a lead generation team and you have um, sales development rep and then you have an uh, inside sales and outside sales team. So you kind of follow a, a funnel model. Okay. 
uh, whereas in in the in the space that I'm in, and uh, all the companies that are in the space, they follow something called business to developer go to market model, and so that has been my learning on how do I market to somebody who is a business user, who's a B2B user, but, oh, but thinks like a consumer. So it's a business to developer, uh, go to market strategies that you have to work on. And they are very different. You don't sell to them. They need to adopt you organically. So how, how do you educate the market without be sounding like selling to them? Um, that's, that's the biggest learning I've had in this particular uh, business and it is a nature of my business. That's why I've had that learning. And it's, it's, obviously, as you do, as you, as you run a company, you are consistently learning as you get to different stages of the company until you know at some point either you know it's it's sustainable and you don't take any investment or like you you exit right you you kind of like hit that moment. And I'm kind of curious for you, what does that specifically look like? Or I guess, in other words, a much more simple phrasing of the question is what's the, what's your big vision for Nimbella? And I would say, what direction are you rowing in over the next five, 10 years? Yeah, sure. So that's a, that's a amazing question because when we started our company, we wanted to build a company with a big vision. So we never wanted to do a company um, which was a small component or which was a component that fits in other person, other companies' portfolio and has to fit in other companies' portfolio. So that was always our thought process of all our founders. Um, and uh, my founding team is made of a very seasoned individuals. So one of my founder, this is his third company. Um, previous two were sold to very successfully, very good exits. And my third founder, he is actually a creator of Apache OpenLisk, which is an open source serverless platform. And he so very, very strong serverless DNA, plus very strong entrepreneurship um, background in the team. Given that uh, we, when we were when when we were deciding what to do, uh, we we decided that we are going to build a company where our vision is to be a pure serverless cloud provider, and the vision is to democratize the developer experience and commoditize the public cloud. So this supercomputing, as we know today, is available to all developers of all skill sets and not just a few who have had the opportunity to become expert in cloud technologies. So something that is so easy and something that speeds up so much, that reduces the developer's time to market so much that anybody um, can use it is what we wanted to build. And that is our vision and we are marching forward towards it. And as you, as you go towards that and march towards the vision, you'll need some help, right? Like you'll need customers, you'll need employees, maybe some investors or more investors. But you'll definitely need help from the forward-thinking founders community. So for my last question for you is how can the forward-thinking founders community help? Do you even ask for anyone listening that can, you know, in, in a way that anyone can help? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, this is a great community. Startups are the early adopters of any technology and are the most open in finding what is best for their teams. Okay. We are a cloud app development and runtime platform. We run on public clouds, but we provide a high level of abstraction that is needed to for rapid development and deployment. So forward-thinking founders, um, my, my ask would be that they could give us a try. And if we don't deliver on our promise of getting their developers more productive and accelerating their time to market, actually we have then with no right to be in the business. 
but we are so certain that we will add value to the development. Um, and that said, we are uh, our co the code that you develop is vendor agnostic, so you'll never feel vendor lock-in with us. So that that would be like the number one ask uh, of the forward-thinking founders community. The other thing is, um, in addition to uh, you know trying us out and stuff, we are we are adding more value to developers by integrating with other developer-centric products. Uh, so um, actually, today we had um, we we had the chief evangelist. Of Postman write two blogs on us, which is very nice of him. And how uh, Postman is so well integrated with, uh, or Nimbella is so well integrated into the Postman workflow, um, and it makes the life of an API developer so easy. Um, so, uh, if there are any such tools and services that are of interest, I'd love to hear from the community and uh, see what we can do. Because all we want to do is. Um, as I said, democratize the developer experience and make it so simple that anybody, anybody, any developer can code uh, and create a cloud native application. And then the, for my final question is how can people get in touch? How, how can they find you online? Do you have a website? Are you a social media? Is there an email? How can people get in touch? We are everywhere. So we, our website is nimbella.com. Um, if they want to try it out, there's a very simple sign-up process, which is you can use your GitHub login, no credit card needed. You just you have, you get started with our forever free tier, um, and uh, you get everything: managed compute, managed storage, and a lot of other goodies that come with it. So it's very simple. Uh, we are also on Twitter uh, at Nimbella. Uh, we are on LinkedIn, so you can reach us at LinkedIn. Um, and uh, you can write to us at devrel, D-E-V-R-E-L, at nimbala.com if you have any questions. Uh, and we also have a Slack community. Uh, so if you go on nimbala.com, there is a Slack uh, icon. Click on it, and you can join our community. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for having me. appreciate the opportunity. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the episode of Forward Thinking Founders. If you're sitting there and you're just saying, Matt, I want more. How can I get more? Well, luckily, you can get it at Forward Thinking City. Forward Thinking City is a community for the Forward Thinking Network, right? And we have multiple different aspects of the city. One, we have AMAs. Some of the previous guests that have been on the podcast, like Jonathan Barkle, Kristen Anderson, Austin Allred, come back and they do AMAs with the residents. You can ask them any question that you want, right? You can ask them about fundraising the early days, how they got their customers. We do these every single week with another, you know, really great founder that has been on the podcast. Additionally, um, we have our pitch battles, right? So if you want feedback on your pitch and the opportunity to potentially pitch in front of VCs and talk one-on-one -on -one with venture capitalists, this is where to do it. These are monthly pitch battles. So if you don't get in the first time, try again, right? The goal is to improve and get feedback to eventually one, raise, uh, get, get into the room with the VCs, two, raise capital, three, so you can get back to your company and building a great startup, building a great business. The last thing I'll mention is that if you are kind of interested in just community, we have our coffee hours and happy hours where you can meet other residents, learn about what they're working on, talk about social things, anything you want. This is a city for founders. It is for investors. It is for startup enthusiasts. It's for anyone that loves startups. So if you're interested in what I'm saying, Go to forwardthinking.city and join the city for $15 a month. Um, you know, the way, the reason I charge is because I want to be able to do this full time and bring as much value as I possibly can. And I think it's well worth the value. You can ask any of the current residents and they will attest to that. So go to forwardthinking.city 
city. Join the city, and you'll see immediately the, the next AMA, the next pitch battle, the next event, and I hope to see you there. Forward thinking dot city. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.